0: The best loving I ever had. Me too. That goes triple for me. Word from between the bedsheets just came in.
1: You're good, but you can always do better. We want to hear from all the sex kittens and dirty dogs out there. All the cuddlers, stocking wearers, rope tires and biters. Just remember, this is a show for all
0: the lovers, not the fighters. Naughty Rude. Naughty Rude? Naughty Rude. Naughty Rude. Naughty Rude. Naughty Rude. Naughty Rude. The show where anyone can have their say.
2: Welcome, welcome back to the Naughty Roots Show on Sin tonight. On this freezing cold, cosy night in the studio, you're joined by myself, Lena, Tammy, and Portia. And to kick things off, I'd like to state that Sin Media acknowledges and pays respects to the people of the Woiwurrung and Rurang language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations, on whose unceded lands the Sin office and studio stand. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders past, present and emerging. Sin Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which Sin partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So nice to join you guys in the studio tonight, Portia and Tammy. <laughs> it's lovely to be here with you. It's lovely to be in shelter
1: out of the cold...
2: Hanging out. (laughs) Yes, it's quite toasty in this studio tonight, isn't it?
0: You look rugged up. It really is. Porsche, you've got a lovely, nice big jumper on there. It is very cold outside, I Mm. can tell you that. Yes, so, Sin, you can find us. Let's start. Porsche, kick it off. You can find us at the naughty, rude Sin on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we've also got podcasts. Where you can listen to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get the podcasts. The Naughty Road Show, and we would like you to get involved. <laughs>
2: We love having listeners involved with the show. We love to give advice where we can, despite not being medical professionals. Um, and you can always send in a question to the slash ask. You can also DM us on our socials, Instagram, Facebook. We're happy to hear your questions tonight on the show. Saucy topics, as usual. What are we talking about,
0: Porsche? We are talking about... Polo and Norma Oh, I know. It's so confusing. Polyamorous <laughs> relationships.
2: Polygamous relationships. It's like a tongue twister. And opened... Minded oh relationships. I actually wrote open-minded. It's not even open-minded relationships. <laughs> but they are open-minded people that have these sort of relationships. Open relationships. Then we're also discussing sex ed. How it was first introduced to us. With, within our teenage
0: lives, family lives, schooling. What else have we got, Porsche? We've got age differences in relationships. And team. And the Becadel test, and a few other saucy topics. We've got a lot of fun words
2: tonight. Yeah, We've got a they're lot of the quite, big ones, hey. Yeah, we're trying to get our tongue around Bechdel test, mm. whereas it's very hard not to call it the Bechamel test. Oh, it's definitely the Bechamel test, but yeah. <laughs> we'll get into the Bechamel test later
1: and we'll teach you all of these really, really long words in a bit. Um, in the meantime, though, it's important to um, note now that sometimes we do talk about um, rough topics. Tom- sometimes you can just be going through some things. We get that. Um, and that's why we have helplines. You can reach out to Beyond Blue on 1300 224 636. That's 1300 224 636. Kids Helpline on 1800 55 That's 1800 55 1800. And QLife Helpline on 1800 184 527. That's 1800 184 527. Also important to point out that we aren't medical professionals in any sense. Um, We're here to offer advice. We're here to generate conversation. We're here to keep you warm on your really, really cold Sunday night. (laughs) Um, If you do have any big medical issues, best thing to do is always to go and see your GP. They will have the answer and they will keep you
2: um, probably a lot better than we will, to be honest. We're just here to have a bit of a chat. Yeah, a chat and some entertainment. Having a bit of a chin wag. You're joined tonight by myself, Lena, Tammy, and Portia. You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin, and we're kicking today's show off with the topic of polyamorous relationships versus polygamous versus open relationships. What's the difference? What sort of examples have we seen in our own lives, if any? I would like to start with some definitions, if you guys don't mind. Polyamorous relationships, to clear up the confusion. Are when people are in a relationship, whether it's intimate or romantic, with more than one person at the same time. You guys are both have been exposed to anyone within your life that have had multiple partners? No. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) That is okay. See, I have and it was a friend of a friend and yeah, she was really cool. She was really cool and she explained it really well. But, yeah,
2: we'll get into that in a moment, I think. Are we going to go with the rest of the Yeah, of course. Polygamous relationships involves being married to multiple partners. And I think a great way of memorising what the difference is because I think a lot of people, it was actually at a party I was at last weekend where people were discussing the difference and everyone was getting confused and no one could come up with the right definition. They were, like, getting confused between polyamorous and polygamous. Is polygamous is... Okay, polygamous has a G in it and so does marriage, So, whereas polyamorous doesn't have a G. So polygamous involves marriage to multiple partners. Polyamorous involves relationships without marriage. That's such a
1: good way to differentiate it because it is hard with both the polys. Yeah, exactly. It's tongue twister. There's just too many
2: polys and I'm like,
1: which poly is the marriage one and And which poly is not?
2: Yeah, the one with the G (laughs) is the one with the marriage. And open relationships which I wanted to add in to, like, more variety here. Open relationships involves partners who are open to having intimate or romantic relationships with other people who do not belong in the primary relationship. So... If you follow Abby Chatfield, I'm not sure, she is an example of someone in an open relationship. She's been very open on her social media about her relationship with Conrad Bean. I hope I've pronounced his last name right. Um, Where their relationship together is their primary relationship and then they sleep with other people casually one-off and set their own boundaries around that. They've openly stated that they don't sleep with ex-partners or people more than once. So I find cool. that really interesting. And, yeah, it's refreshing to hear from someone so contemporary in the Australian social media scene, like, influencer scene, being so open about her relationships, like, open about what's happening in her open relationship. Oh, she ki- – okay, kind of off topic, though, but, like, she does kill it with, like – All the naughty, rude topics. Yeah, no, she really does. She's very, she's just very open. Very well embodies her sexuality, mm -hmm. and it encourages other people to do the same. Exactly. She was like one of the first people on The Bachelor to be so open in her sexuality Mm -hmm. on live TV. So, well, not live, but on TV. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a friend that is um, in a polyamorous relationship, and I find it so interesting because. She was explaining to me it's almost like a roster system where mm. she's engaged with four different partners and then she'll coordinate when she sees them. And I, and I think, wow, that is such an effort. Like I can't even keep up with one person, let alone organising four. But all the like more love job. to give. Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> I guess it is. I guess it's like maintaining friendships as well. Like you don't see the same friends every week. So why yeah, not change it up with um, seeing different people? Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever been, have you ever had that thought that you'd be open to doing that? See, I, okay, look, I've had the thought about it.
1: Yeah. And I I think that I've come to the conclusion that I simply could not do it. It's too much for me. It's too much for my brain. And quite honestly, like, I never really understood it until I met my friend who was into polyamory. Mm -hmm. Um, It was one of those things where I was like, okay, people just do this and I'll never get it. Yeah. But she explained it to me in a way that just clicked in my brain, which was that, she likes having, like, she likes she likes polyamory because it means that she's able to have a partner that fulfills specific needs. Mm, so I love she that. Has, yeah, she has this one partner here that she sees on whatever day and they do that together. Okay. They, they're both, like, I don't know, into hiking. So they get to go hiking together. And then she has, like, another partner who has, like... Really high sex drive and like so does she. And so like they get along really good in that aspect. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another one that has like similar similar career goals to her. And wow. like I don't know. That's really that's how cool. she explained it to me. And that was that's what clicked in my brain where I'm like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. I get what polyamory is. Which like granted that isn't what polyamory is for every single person is yep. her experience. But like
2: Yeah, that makes I don't so know. much sense. I because <laughs> I find like it's so easy to put a lot of pressure in a relationship on one person to be everything, the whole package. And that's refreshing to hear someone say, like, I go to this person for this in the same way that you have friendships. Exactly. You don't go to perhaps one person doesn't give the best advice, but they're really fun to hang out with in a new scene. So you go to parties with them, Mm -hmm. another friend for advice, another friend for, I don't know, quality time. Yeah, it's so good to hear, yeah. Different needs for different relationships with different people.
1: Exactly. Yeah, there we works go. Works for her, works for her situations. And I like that she was able to find that something that works for her. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big benefit of polyamory becoming less like stigmatized because mm. I think that it did have a stigma for a very long time and I think that it still does have a stigma to a degree. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool that. We're able to break that down, and she's really happy in her relationships. She's been able to find some really cool people and is living her authentic life.
2: (laughs) Good on her. There we go. We've summarised these three different relationships for those that were confused.
1: Up next, we are talking about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, sex education in schools, or specifically growing up. But I'm really excited to talk about the school aspect compared to, like, the family aspect and things like that. Because this is, like...
2: Yeah, like I'm the opposite. I want to know already? about the family aspect. Ah. But we can mix into both. Portia, <laughs> how were you first introduced to sexual topics in your life, in your family home?
0: Um, In my family home? Well, it was probably through my father.
2: Okay. <laughs> he was open and happy yep, to speak? He was. How old do you think you were?
0: Ooh,
2: maybe... Ten, eleven. 11. Oh, okay, cool. I feel like the same here. I had a, my parents, my dad is Italian, so he tends to be quite more private, always like throughout my childhood if I had a male friend over, he's like, keep the door open. But my mum was so much more like chill and it, it, there was never like a significant time that we had the discussion. It was just like I knew about periods, knew about sex, like it happened on TV, parents would explain. There wasn't ever like the talk. Did you have the mm-hmm. talk, Tammy?
1: I didn't have the talk, unfortunately. Okay. But sex was always one of those things that was always, like, open in my house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, from a very young age, like, from, from literal birth, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was one of those things that were, like, it was never off topic. It was something that was... Always discussed if if it was brought up, but always in like age-appropriate terms. So
2: yeah, no, yeah, it
1: wasn't like a singular talk;
2: it was a continuous talk all up until my adulthood. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, that may be why. I mean, we've all just shared that we had our talks quite young or (laughs) integrated into our lives, so maybe that's why we're so comfortable talking about here today. Exactly, and the (laughs) schooling—you're interested in the schooling aspect, Amy?
1: Yeah, only because most people that I talk to have not had a great experience. I personally had a great experience. My schooling experience was also very similar where we didn't have, like, a sex ed day, one one singular sex ed day. It was, like, many different ones and we'd cover different topics and we'd talk about, I don't know,
2: a lot of just different and cool things. Was this, like, within but, a subject at school or was this no, an external kind of organisation that came in or was it your well-known teachers.
1: We did have external organisations come in. Quite honestly, the most common one that we had was not not an organisation but a lady. We had a lovely lady named Sue who would come into the school. She worked in the health sector in my town because I was also brought up in the rural...
2: Okay. ...in mm-hmm. the rural's.
1: And, yeah, lovely lady. She worked in the health... Sector, yeah, health thing. <laughs> and oh, she'd just like come in every type. now, mm-hmm. yeah, she'd just come in every now and then and be like, "Hey guys, so like, let's talk about the hospital because that's a big part of town. Here's some things about sex. Here's some things about giving birth. Here's some things about contraception." And like, she was so cool, and it was always really funny because like small town, she was like the midwife at like
2: all of our deliveries. She like delivered like all oh, of us kids wow. in class. That is wholesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then she's just she's there like telling it. us about sex, and we're just like, okay.
2: I think it's so important that someone's comfortable talking about it comes into the schools because yeah. I had a middle aged father teacher doing, like, he was a father in his own time, but he was very awkward, uncomfortable, introduced these topics to us. You could tell he did not want to talk about it. And it made it so much more awkward to, like, discuss it further on. Like, you didn't feel like you could approach the teacher about it because yeah. he wasn't comfortable. Ex- Just wanted the lesson to be over. And we had a cartoon that lasted – it was like a 15-minute animated cartoon. And then as soon as it became about self-pleasure, he turned it off straight away awkwardly. And it was just like – yeah. I I have to preface that I was at a Catholic school and I cannot fault the school in any other way aside from the sex ed. The sex ed was horrible. What about you, Portia?
0: Um, Well, we mainly just had one video we watched. Oh, you had a video as well. Yeah. (laughs) And that was in year five. Oh, okay. And I went to a Christian school.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Was it real people? Yours animated as well? It was um, animated. Mm.
2: I
1: wonder if it was the same one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't remember watching any videos, so I can't really relate. I'm sure we did. I think did. you had a better experience than us. <laughs>
2: I would prefer someone delivering the content. We did in primary school. I had more sexual education than I did in high school. <gasps> but my primary school was a public school. We had an organization called Interrelate come in. And it was really good. I remember we were all so excited because you're on the brink of puberty and it's like, what's happening with my body? I need to know. And it was fun to like have these discussions with your classmates like, oh, I've got boobs now. We all have <laughs> boobs, <laughs> and then we had an anon- anonymous question box where we could submit <sighs> mm-hmm. the questions in, and they'd read it out to the class. And it was a comfortable way of being introduced into puberty, but definitely felt the need for more. That's for sure. Mm. I'm glad that you had a good experience, Tammy. Were you satisfied with yours, Portia? Did you feel like no, there could not be more? really? They could have been more. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's good to also, see. it's that. funny
1: you guys say this because, like, I did have a really good experience with it, but also I still feel like there could have been a hell of a lot more in my mm. school.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, we didn't really – like, we took – it was very clinical. We didn't really touch much on self-pleasure. We didn't touch oh, no, much on none sexuality. None in my
2: school.
1: Um, never touched on, like,
2: intersexuality and
1: things like yeah, that. Yeah, same sex is,
2: either. Mm. Did you have anything on self-pleasure, Porsche? No. Yeah, that – I never forget. My teacher – explicitly turning the remote off. He was like, as soon as it became, the cartoon was a guy going into his bed, putting his hands down his pants, and the teacher was like, all right, that's enough, that's enough. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> no <is> fun <laughs> here, kids. We need to learn what's happening. It shouldn't be shamed. No fun zone, not allowed to. Mm-mm, sorry, kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I hope I hope for the future generation, of course, with the consent law things coming in, it, it seems a lot more promising as to the sexual education that we're getting in schools. But if you're desperate, come and listen to our podcast. I mean, share it around. (laughs) So, Portia, we are about to jump into a new discussion topic.
1: Can you tell us what it is?
0: It is, what is a good acceptable age difference in a relationship?
1: Mm. (laughs) I feel like
2: this is a
0: a tricky one.
2: A hard to define one. As we were Mm. discussing off-air, Zach and I, Our producer, Zach, I think it's all about life stage. Where are you in your life stage? We were discussing how 18 versus 27 is such a different, like there is so much happening that is so different from 27 versus 18. Coming out of mm-hmm. high school versus you're probably pretty set in your career by 27, and even though that might be like what a 10 year, okay, I'm not going to do the exact maths, but okay, say 10 year gap in that sense, it's going to be so much more different versus 27 and 37. I think they can like balance out more. Mm-hmm. My parents, See, I would even yeah.
1: argue that like when, particularly when you're at the lower age of the spectrum, like 18 versus like 20. That, to me, was, like, such a weird point in my life where, like, I wasn't dating people that young, but, like, I was meeting people that young. I was making friends that young. And just the things that we would talk about and the way that they would conduct themselves, big maturity gap Mm. just because, you know, you're closer to being straight out of school. And I feel like there's a lot of learning, a lot of things that you do, like, right after school. And I don't know. Yeah, It all happens really hard and fast, and I don't know.
2: Yeah, at the age of 18, I feel like you're just trying to find grip on something career-wise, work out what you're going to do, university study, still like identity, learning the difference between your identity in a high school versus what it's going to be out where you don't have these social groups that you cling to. You've Mm -hmm. got to form yourself your own way. Um, But have you guys had any significant age gaps in your own dating relationships? Portia, you're the... First, one to look to with the one of us that is in a relationship?
0: Um, Well, I'm just six months apart from my husband. Oh, perfect.
2: That's like soulmate
0: material. Too much of an age difference. Wow. (laughs) Six
2: months. I mean, is there any clashes with the age? Surely not with six months. No, he's older than me. Yeah. I'm the youngest. <laughs> wow. It's basically, yeah, the same age. My parents are 11 years apart. and oh, no Yeah, my dad's 11 years older. And when my dad first approached my mom <laughs> at a club, she said no to him three times because she was like, you're just an old Italian man. <laughs> And he was persistent in a non-creepy way. Mm. He was like persistent over time. And she was like, okay, I'll give you a chance. And he has a really great sense of humor. So he won her over. And yeah, with the 11 year age gap, the only difference was, aside from the cultural difference of my dad being Italian, he was a bit more protective and mum was more open-minded in our Mm. upbringing. So that mixed with culture and age. But other than that, it's been a pretty good, like, I can't fault them as parents despite their 11-year age gap. <laughs> They've worked very well together.
1: Oh, that's so good, though. Yeah. See, I can't relate personally with my parents. My per- parents also have a six-month age gap. Oh, six months um, My yeah. mum is six months older than my dad, though. I have a really close family, friends, mm-hmm. and they are also 11 years apart in yeah. age. And that's... Yeah, it was always something that blew my mind as a kid because I was like, what do you mean – how is that like an eleven year age gap? Particularly when like I'm a kid and I'm eleven years old. myself. Oh, yeah, and I'm you like, can't wow. think of it like that. It's just like, weird what? like that. You
2: cannot think of it like
1: that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they're at the point where like he actually has like an ex marriage. He yeah, has my an ex wife well. somewhere. Um, never had any kids or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, met her. She was the one. They have their own kids now. Their life is set up. They are so happy together and they are so perfect for each other. Mm. But they just have this eleven year age
2: gap, which is like one of those things that you think about every now and then. You're like, oh yeah, that's. That's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Actually, the only thing I can say that has been a fault within my parents' relationship is that their music taste is way off. My dad is like 20 years behind with his music taste. (laughs) We're like, okay, you are definitely of that generation because it's just (laughs) a very big difference. Of course, in the shows they grew up with, they can't relate to the same shows. The same mm-hmm. media sort of thing. I mean, yeah, that's the only big generational thing. But have you, Tammy, dated anyone with a significant age gap from you?
1: No. Yeah. No, I have I'm trying to think of it now. Um, yeah, no. I um, No, it's always been like a couple of months. I think the furthest oh, I've gone months, is like a year older than me. Um, dated someone born on the exact same day as me. That was really exciting. That was oh. a sick time. Um, we love Scorpios. Um, <laughs> 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 represent. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I don't know. I don't know why I haven't. Like I just I think that my circles generally revolve around people that are a similar age to me, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's always just kind of worked out that
2: way. I'm yeah. not opposed to it. Do you feel as though women tend to date up? At least in my social circles, we prefer to go up, like mm-hmm. older rather than younger. Mhm.
0: Yeah.
1: See, and I think that's a thing that has, like, a bit of a stigma attached to it as well. Mm, And I don't know why, and I didn't realise that I had that stigma until my most recent partner because I'm, like, okay, I'm, like, right at the end of 1998. Mm -hmm. He was born right at the start of 1999. So realistically there's, like... There was a 64-day age gap between us, 64 days, two months, and I was still just like, yeah, but you're born in 1999. Like, that's really weird. Wow. Like, you're younger than me. Yeah. He wasn't that much younger than me, and I don't know why it was such, like, a stigma in my brain, but that was, like, that was a weird thing. That was something I had to live through.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I totally could not date anyone born after the 2000s. No way. That just blows my mind. It sounds wrong, doesn't it? That is just wrong. I'm a 90s kid. And it's not going to happen. But I did date a guy that was 28 and he had a grey hair and that gave me the (laughs) ick. I was like, I cannot be dating guys with grey hair, but I was like 21 at the time. Oofed. There you go. I love that that was the kicker. Like, everything else was
1: fine. (laughs) grey hair, though. No, we don't like the grey hair.
2: Got a question? You can slide into our DMs at thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask.
1: We are about to talk about... An insane little concept. I don't know a better way to bring this in other than it's a really cool thing and I'm keen to hear what you guys think about it.
2: The Bechdel test. Mm. Mm. I hadn't heard of it until this week when you first let us know that you wanted to discuss this. Have you yeah. heard of it, Porsche? No, I haven't.
0: Not until before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something that I hadn't heard about until my media studies um and it's honestly something that we should have touched on a lot more because i think that it's an interesting framework and is really cool. Basically it is a test for media
2: mm-hmm.
1: where there are three criteria. First cri- criteria is it must feature two named women. Can't just be women, they have to have names. Are we talking movies, tv shows? Yep, any form of media. Okay. Yeah. So, two named women, they must have a conversation about They must have a conversation with each other Mm -hmm. and it must be about something other than a man. Mm -hmm. Mm, And this test is Mm. a lot more intense than you would think. As in, like, I know that there are a lot of things that would come to your mind, obviously, like... A big one that came to my mind is Reservoir Dogs. Do you know Reservoir (laughs) Dogs? no. (laughs) No. Okay, Quentin Tarantino's first film. That was my favourite film for a very, very long time. Mm. That was the first one that came to my mind because that has no women in it at all. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's an obvious, clear one. That does not feature any women. Mm, okay. Want to know what else it features? Ratatouille. <laughs> right? So, I don't know. This is just an interesting test, I think, and I have developed a little bit of a list um, for you ladies, and we're going to play a little bit of a game. Does it pass the Bechtel test, or as I like to call it, the Bechamel test, or does it not pass? The Bechamel Test. Are you ready? Yes. Yep. Okay. Where am I going to start with? Okay, I'm going to start with all of the Shrek films. Shrek 1, do you think that pass, passes the test? No. No. No? No. Does it? No. No, it does not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why were you so quick for no? I just, like, had a flashback and I'm thinking Fiona ever, ever like, whenever she spoke, I think she ever spoke about Lord Farquaad or the Shrek. mm or donkey. Like, mm-hmm. she didn't ever speak about a female character. Maybe Shrek 2.
1: Can you name another female character in Shrek 1 though? Um, exactly. No. I didn't think about yeah. this until I started looking wow. into it. Wow. Yeah,
2: there are so many male characters. Mm hmm. Wow, the even the Mirror. Other even the Mirror is a male character. Mm hmm. The only one that I could think of was um, The dragon, but the dragon doesn't <gasps> speak. Oh, <true. laughs> I forgot about dragon. I was going to say the, um,
1: the bear. Oh, you know okay. The three bears. Yeah. Mama bear. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But very limited.
1: She does not speak, I don't think. Oh, and there's the old lady at the start. I don't know. Whatever. Either way, let's move on to the next Shrek film, Shrek 2. Does Shrek 2 pass?
0: No. I'm going to vote no. I'm going to go with no.
2: You're both wrong. Yes. Oh, good. What kind of a conversation did they have? Who was it? Which characters?
1: I cannot actually remember, but okay. I can tell you that it It passes. could have been
2: the fairy. Th- yeah, there was a lot more female characters in number two. Mm-hmm. Fairy Godmother, Fiona's, Fiona's mom. Yeah. Uh, is there someone else? I can't remember. I feel like
1: there's someone else important that I'm forgetting. Either way, let's move on to the, the lesser known ones, Shrek
2: 3. Oh, man, I haven't even seen it.
0: I might have <laughs> to go with yes.
2: Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I'll say yes. Hopefully, we're progressing with time. Yes. Good. This one gets a lot more female
1: led, mm. which is nice.
2: Mm-hmm. Should
1: I even bother with Shrek 4 or have we not seen no, that far? I have not seen <laughs> it. <I've seen laughs> I didn't even 4. know there was a Shrek 4. Yeah, there's a Shrek 4. Do you rate it?
2: <laughs> it's better than Shrek 3. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped to Shrek 2. Okay, Fair. Shrek 4. Yes. I vote yes. Yeah? What do you vote, Portia?
1: No. Shrek 3 passes. Shrek 3 is a yes. did you mean so Shrek 4? I mean, sorry, <laughs> Shrek 4. I was going to say out of all the four Shrek films, we have three yeses. Okay. Well, that's one not no. too bad. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Let's go for what else is on my list?
2: I've straight away thought about Big Bang Theory. There's one female. Oh, there's a girlfriend. Oh, okay, actually, no, I can't speak for that because they all have girlfriends that are later included in the beginning. It's just the one female character. But do they talk about anything that isn't the man? Yeah, truth, truth. Mm. That's the it's one such, that gets you. It's such an interesting filter now to like watch movies, and I'm gonna have this in the back of my mind when I'm watching any sort of media visual content now
1: Mm, and that's why I think it's such an interesting test because there are a lot of criticisms of it and like I understand that I respect it but also it is a very interesting filter to look through and just see that there are like films such as Ratatouille and Shrek 1 that Mm. do do not pass Mm -hmm. because you don't think about it until you do
2: Mm. (laughs) yeah it's very interesting to think Shrek I'm like wow Shrek 1 was really just one female character Mm -hmm. and we would never think twice about it exactly there we Hold go. On. Let's do a couple oh, you've more. you've
1: got another one? I've got so many more. I've got a whole list here. Ferris Bueller's day off. No. Yes or no?
0: No. No? I'm going to go with yes. You're correct,
1: Portia. It's yes. Oh, good. Okay. Because of one conversation between um, Ferris Bueller's girlfriend and the teacher. Yep. That one passes. American Pie, the first
0: one. Yes. I'll go with no. <laughs> Portia's,
2: Portia's on always eating it out. <laughs> okay.
1: One is a no. American Pie 2,
2: though, is a yes. Is a yes. Right? So, I don't know. Someone came up with this. Alison Bechtel. Yes, this would
1: have been good of me to mention at the start. I completely forgot. Um, Feminist cartoonist, um, mostly like in the 80s. Um, Alison Bechtel. She came up with the Bechtel test and was like, Mm, damn, there is such little representation here. And so she made this test to measure it. And It's cool. It's interesting. I don't know. Having gone through a couple
2: of examples, what do you guys think on it? Do you think it's cool? Do you think it's not cool? I think it's a great indicator for someone that's creating a film to be aware of the fact that it may be male-centred. So I think it's a great way to, yeah, have that idea in their head when they're creating a film. (laughs) Next up, we are discussing, Tamey... Wingmate. 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 Wingmate, (laughs) wingwoman, wingman...
1: I was going to say, oftentimes referred to as wingman or wingwoman, but I have just learnt the word wingmate, and I really like the word wingmate. Yeah, unisex. Therefore, I will be using the word wingmate. It's much easier. (laughs) For the rest of the topic, but yeah. Let's discuss. It's a thing, ain't it? I personally don't have a whole lot of experience
2: doing it, though. Wingmating? What about you? No, I don't. I feel like I'm the greatest wingmate, yeah. wing woman, wingmate. Yes, <laughs> I, I feel as though I do it more so in the sense of like pumping someone up to have the confidence to go and approach someone that they're into. Ah, okay. Not like I feel like there's a fine line between pushing a relationship or something that shouldn't. That needs to happen on its own. Sometimes mm. it can become too pressured by other people that mm-hmm. it becomes not so organic and it feels awkward between the t- two people because they've had so much pressure. Yeah. Just, Just not vibing. So I'm very careful. I'm also like to work from the side and be like, you can do it. This is what you should say. If, like, if they come to me for advice, of course, and then like fill them with the confidence and- limited knowledge, hopefully somewhat somewhat experienced knowledge that I have for them to go and approach. But I feel like some I've been in situations where people have been so forceful, like the whole crowd of friends know about this particular two people and it just mm-hmm. becomes – yuck because Mm -hmm. they feel awkward the pressure's there before they've even had the chance to like have their own interactions so I find like yeah you've got to be careful when you're a wingmate you need to leave room for them to do the work as well got to respect boundaries yeah so you guys haven't been wingmates for anyone or have you been wing wingmated yourself like has someone helped you out
1: look I've probably done both um however nothing really comes to mind so it mustn't be that exciting but I think it's interesting that you take it from the standpoint of pumping someone up because mm. usually when I think of wingman, I think of going over to some stranger have you met and being Ted? like, oh, my God, <laughs> have, have you met Ted? Yeah. Have you met Ted? Like, that's what I think of before I think of pumping up your friends and getting them all jazzed and being like, you should do it. You should go talk to them. Mm. Here's what you got to say. It's got to be really good.
2: Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Portia? anything from no. you no okay well oh, we're I, just y- boring aren't we portia
0: oh. yeah we definitely are <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i do it on a
2: daily basis with friends i'll be like oh maybe not daily weekly basis like first dates things sort of thing and like get a message right before a minute before like i'm gonna leave i can't do this I'll be like, you can do it you're a fine piece of blah 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 <laughs> let's do it like i'll be here for you text me while you in the bathroom like, you can leave at any time. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to have someone to, like, lean back on or someone to call. I work in that way as well. I'm like, just call me anytime, and we can, like, debrief the whole thing. And, at the, like, I like to give the advice, like, every experience is a story to tell. You can bring it to radio or podcasts. I mean, I have plenty of interesting stories. But, like, taking that pressure off someone to be like, it doesn't have to be this insane connection. Like, just go have fun. See what it's about. And you can have a story to tell at the bare minimum. So, yeah, there's my wingman, wingmate, wingwoman advice. That's so wholesome. Thank you. That's really cute, but also,
1: hold on, I actually have thought of a story, which is insane that we've had the whole night and it's only when we're halfway through discussing it that I've actually thought of a wingmanning story. Yeah. I set one of my friends up on her first date ever. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I forgot about this. I met this friend at university. Um, We did actually end up living together, but before that we were just mates and we were studying the same thing, so, like... We were good mates and we lived close to each other and we knew that we lived close to each other and it was like this hype thing and, I don't know, there was a, to do with our course, there was some kind of like a club meet-up party thing near where we were living. And I was like, oh, my God, we should go. You should come with me because I want to go make friends and I don't want to go alone, so you should come with me. And she was like, okay, I'll come with you. And so we go together. Um, We meet this guy who was actually really sweet at the time. Um, He was from Birmingham and he was just chatting up a storm to both of us all night and he was, like, really cool. I was, like, really vibing. We were, like, good mates. Um, However, at the end of it, he messages me and he's like, I really like your friend.
2: I'm like, oh, my God, that's oh. really good. You should hit her up. Oh, good. She- were you let down by that? You were okay that he was into your friend and not you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a partner at the time. Okay, Should have pointed that out. I
1: did have a partner at the time. Easy. But, um, you know, I was so into it, though, and she messaged me, and she's like, oh, my God, he messaged me. What do I do? And I'm like, do you want to go for it? Like, do you, do you want to? Yeah. What if? And so for the next couple of days, I was just hearing between both of them, which is like, I want to invite her out to coffee, but I don't think she likes coffee. I'm like, oh, I don't think she likes coffee either. Maybe you should, like, take her here. Mm. Then, I don't know, she'll be telling me this and he'll be telling me this and that, whatever. Anyway, um, how it actually ended up was they went on the date together and um, they went and got frozen yogurt and he immediately was like, okay, cool, so, like, I'm from Birmingham. Would you come back with me? Oh you come to gosh. Birmingham? My parents actually had kids when they were 21, and I'm 20, so, um,. Oh what? What, what what's
2: your life plan? Um, and was like getting into the real nitty gritty questions. Yeah, speaking like that. of pressure, oh my gosh. Mm. Wait, was he? Are they still together to this day? Or is oh no no no, that was a that was a one date thing. They oh okay, had so no she didn't move to spoken. Birmingham, have kids at the age of twenty one. No, yeah, nah, she I didn't go down that her route. Off there. Um, wow, I wonder if he's <laughs> had kids with someone else. I don't know. I'm not in contact with him anymore, which sucks. But um, but at least they had a nice frozen yogurt date and you helped yeah. out with that.
0: Mm,
1: I felt like she had her first date feeling thanks to so you. Right. I remember feeling so good because I was like, oh my God, like I got her on her first date. That's so exciting. Like, oh my God, I'm making all of these friends. Everything is so good. And then I just saw her like three weeks later. I'm like, how did it go? Like, what's the update? She's like, yeah, no, he was like really wanting to like marry me and have children wow. immediately. And I was like, oof. Sorry.
2: Sorry. Wow, that is some pressure there. Mm. there oh, that's, that's my one and only story. So, thanks for take that. It And next up, we are chatting about gendered professions, which is an interesting point of conversation because lately... I work I work at RMIT and I've learned about different people in trades and how they there is typically barely any females that study trades like plumbing, electrical, what well, how do you say it, electrician trades and I find that so interesting. It's we barely get anyone through that is f- of female identifying.
1: Mhm. 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 Yes, I it's interesting. It is very interesting. I feel like on the flip side to that, though, there are also professions that are like, quote, unquote, girls' professions. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the beauty industry.
2: Mm-hmm. I would say teaching is to a degree.
1: Yeah, I feel like Teachers it's levelled like, out
2: more so
0: now.
1: Mm, but you but tend- I, know, I think that a lot of things are levelling out more, which is nice. I think that getting into trades in particular, there are a lot more um, female identifying people. Um, which is great because I feel like that can just be a little bit of a toxic environment sometimes mm. a little bit toxic masculinity mm-hmm
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and the health sector, like, nurses tend to be female more so. Um, and it's great to see the level out. Like, I feel, of course, we're living in the best generation in the sense of, like, things levelling out more so and it's just going to hopefully progress with time. Mm-hmm. But have you noticed anything, Porsche, where there tends to be, like, more careers that tend to favour male, female people or um, tend to attract?
0: Maybe more males uh, police officers.
2: True, mm-hmm. true. It tends to And Yeah, you're right. Men. There you go. Firemen. It's written in the name. <laughs> true. And I wonder how that. It seems to be because of the masculine, like the figure of the man holding the hose. Like it tends to be more of a heavy duty, a heavy duty, sort of role with the working in the fire brigade. Yes. Or what? Do you, what about police? Like, mm. it, like typically, men are known to protect. So yeah, it's interesting that we still see a lot of men. Like, of course, I feel like in the police realm at least it's balanced out more. But I have barely seen anyone in fire <laughs> in any fire brigade that's a female. Barely. I can tell you, out in the country, there's a lot more
1: women. Mm-hmm. In the country, we've got the CFA. I have I have not seen any of the Metro firefighters. I don't know how it works here, but I can tell you, at least where I'm from, there is a great split in the CFA mm-hmm. of you know, male, quote-unquote, to female, quote-unquote.
2: And, like, fields like IT tend to attract men more so Mm. engineering. (laughs) And it's good to hear, like, I do have some friends that are engineers and, like, when they were studying through uni, there were quotas that needed to be filled in the roles that they were going for where... There'd been too many males applying and they'd asked for females to apply. So it was good Mm -hmm. to hear in that sense that some companies are aware, of course, and are putting that out there that they need more of a diverse range because you need the representation. Like Mm -hmm. in order to allow other people to approach that career choice, they need to know that there's other people of a similar, of course, um, gender identifying I don't know if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like a a young female wants to see that there is a role model of another female working as an engineer if that's their career of choice.
1: See, exactly. And see, the funny thing is I actually studied audio engineering, Mm -hmm. which is a heavily, heavily male-dominated industry. I studied that... um, before I was supposed to finish school. I started when I was 16 because wow. um, that's what I really thought that I wanted to do and then push came to shove and I got to actually see the industry and I was always like, no, it's fine. Like I'll be like a young woman in, um, in you know, sound production and I'll like pave the way for like all the women behind me and it'll be really good and it'll be really exciting and I can show the boys that I can do it too. Eh. And then push came to shove <laughs> and <laughs> no, like I was so empowered and then yeah. when it came down to it. It. I just got so turned off of it because it was just
2: toxic. Wow. It was very toxic.
1: It wasn't just masculine. It was toxic masculine because it was the men that are like, I know better than you, and you're just a little girl, and you don't know anything. And a little girl. Mm, that is demeaning. I've. You yeah, actually got called that on the job once. It was really fun, but um. <laughs> mm,
2: I have yeah. experienced the opposite side where I've been yeah. in. A corporate environments with females that are toxic and have not liked the presence of a male in the team. So it oh. runs both ways. It runs both ways. That's why there's, it's so good to have variety, to mix that up and not get, allow people to get too comfortable mm. within. I mean, of course, it relates to personality types as well, but diversity, True. multifaceted workplaces allow for greater opinion and open-mindedness to different people's backgrounds.
1: Mm. in the places that we've all worked do you think that you guys have seen significant changes in the way that they view gender identity and gender expression and things
2: like that yeah, yeah. totally I feel as though RMIT is very open about I've seen many unisex toilets which is
0: nice. yes. Yeah. how about you Portia um, I haven't worked, so <laughs> I wouldn't have much to say there.
1: Yeah. What about just what you've been able to observe in your own personal life? Yeah. Do you think people are becoming more accepting and more open to different genders doing
0: different roles? Yes, definitely.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. See, I would have to say the same thing. I think that we're definitely on a good path, which is great. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think like many paths, there is still a decent way to go. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for listening into our show today. We've been the Naughty Rude here on Thin, and I've been Portia, joined by Lena and Tammy. Yeah,
2: great show, ladies. Great yeah. show. It went very quick tonight, didn't it?
0: It definitely did. Yeah. It always does when we're in studio. Damn straight. <laughs> we talked about a lot of different things tonight. Like different types of poly relationships, sex education in our teens, age differences in relationships, beccadel test, roommates and gendered professions.
2: Yes. And... If you want to catch up on the show, if you missed out on part of tonight's show or you want to recommend our show to someone else or listen to a past show, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, The Naughty Rude Show. Otherwise, interact with us on the socials. We'd love to hear from you. You can catch us at The Naughty Rude Sin on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit us up in the DMs. Otherwise, you can always send through an anonymous question to the naughty rude com forward slash ask. Any question, no limits here. We have no judgment. We'd love to hear from you and offer our life advice on air.
1: We do love hearing from you. So please, 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 please reach out. Um, that's what makes the show worthwhile. It makes it cool. It gives some variety. Um, Speaking of giving us variety, though, last week um, on our podcast, which again you can catch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically everywhere, um, just look up the Naughty Brood Show, we did an interview with Tim Hutton, who is a lawyer. He's a lawyer from youth law and spoke to Zach all about the basics of consent, sexting law. Things like that. It's a really good one if you're looking for some more Naughty Brood content to consume. You've been listening to the Naughty Brood Show here on Sin with Tamie, Portia, and Lena. Bye!